Thank you for joining the Clarity and Purpose Show, where cause-driven business leaders share what you need to know to align your purpose and your team. They'll drop wisdom and knowledge about why they lead, what challenges they face, and how they remove the barriers that keep them from growing. Our guest today is the president of Hope Local. They create frameworks and customized training for local faith-based organizations, helping vulnerable children find forever families. Every child deserves to belong to a family they can call their own. And Hope Local does this here in Fort Worth and other surrounding cities, helping organizations and churches equip them to bring kids and forever families. Let's welcome Mark Friedland. All right, man. Well, <laughs> in all seriousness, Mark, you're an incredible man. I'm, I'm grateful that we're friends. Um, we also used to be colleagues, but now we get to be even partners in business as you lead Hope Local here in Fort Worth. And we'll get into that. So let's just kick it off. We've got four questions. And this first question, Mark, what is your why? What's the, what's the big why? Why do you do what you do? This is really simple for me. This is a, a thing that I've I've known a big portion of my life, and it's 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 sort of grown and, and matured and changed as I've gotten older and and become a father and those types of things. But uh, it all just boils down to this: I'm just not okay with the fact that there's kids without families in this world. It's not okay with me. I don't think it's right. It's not good. Um, there's all sorts of sci- science around that, but uh, I don't even have to go into that. I just it's just not it's just not okay. Um, kids have little to no chance of success in life without some sort of support and love and help and someone on their side fighting for them. And uh, so I, it's just, it's really important to me that I'm, I'm doing whatever I can to help kids uh, get placed into families. And so that's, you know, started really just as a personal mission. And I'm so lucky and thankful to be able to carry that into my career now um, in, in a role that's that's fighting for kids to, to have forever families. And you personally have made that happen in your own family. So explain that. Yeah. My wife and I, we have six kiddos. Three of them are biological. Our young, it's kind of weird. Our younger three are biological boys and our older three are, we've all adopted from foster care in Texas. So, uh, we originally were going to adopt a two-year-old little princess that was going to fit into the birth order and it was going to be nice and neat, very sweet. She's going to love me. I just imagined we'd like, you know, sit on the couch and watch movies and she'd sit on my lap and it was going to be so sweet. Uh, but it didn't take long in the process when we were um, getting trained and licensed for adoption and, and learning about the system where we realized that there's really not much of a need for adopting two-year-old princesses. Um, that's a great thing if that's something that you're called to, but really the, the need is for older kids. Most of the kids in the foster care system are teenagers. Um, otherwise, they're sibling groups or have medical disabilities. And so our heart was to help. You know, we didn't just, we didn't just want to add another kid to our family. Um, you know, we wanted uh, we wanted to open our hearts and homes to a kid and, and give them a family. And so uh, we ended up bringing home a 16-year-old girl. She turned 17 the month that she moved in. So we just jumped right into ter- parenting teenagers. And um, six months later, we adopted her uh, 14-year-old biological brother, Joe. Uh, it took us a little while to win him over. He didn't want to be adopted at first. And then, uh, and then this last August, we finalized our third adoption of Jonah about a week before he turned 18. And so we... Um, we are uh, a wild family, and it's always an adventure at the Reedland home. It is so true. Uh, we used to work out in the mornings. You tell me stories. I was horrified sometimes when I walk out of there. But, <laughs> but Mark, I, I, you're someone I look up to, and uh, you're someone that I see like you're, you're such a family man, and you're someone that values people so well, and you've been able to carry that into 
what you do in your family and showing that there's more capacity that you have um, as a man and a human, but also in your family in the realm that God's given you to make an impact in other kids. And then that's now overflowing into you being president of Hope Fort Worth. So, so knowing that it's, you know, that can be a touchy subject for a lot of people. Um, and I'm sure this, this, this plays in this next question, but it's like, what, what gets in the way of, of making that why happen, making that a reality? Yeah, there's, there's a couple just really obvious major challenges. Um, one is, one is the, the unfortunate complexity of the system. So, um, you know, everyone, everyone's familiar with child welfare and, and um, child protective services, CPS and those types of things. And, and it's always confusing for everyone for us to say something like, Hey, there's, you know, in Texas where we are here, there's, there's roughly 16,000 kids, you know, changes every day, obviously, but 16,000 kids in foster care proper, about 30,000 statewide that are under you know, like state supervision, but 16,000 kids in foster care and roughly 7,000 of those waiting to be adopted. They have no family. So when you say something like that, you're like, man, we, we need to fix this. And then when people have ideas for how to move that forward and, and take care of those kids, it's always met with lots of difficulty and it's a slow process and it's always more difficult than anybody wants it to be. Um, and, and for good reason, you're, you have, you have kids lives at stake. You have to really, um, approach those things very carefully. Uh, but the system is very difficult to work with. Uh, the state is bound by, you know, legal things. And so like, here's an example, you know, I'm, I'm actively recruiting families to adopt these kids and I'm saying, Hey, here's these amazing kids and they need a family and I'll have a family that'll be interested. And they'll say, Hey, tell me about Maury. I see that he's 17. What can you tell me about him so that I can begin to evaluate whether he'd be a good fit in my home? And so I'll, I would, I would all approach, um, CPS or the state or OCOK is our community. Our kids is the, is the organization that manages that here in our region. And they'd say, Hey, we, we can't tell you anything because you know, it's private. And I'm like, well, yeah, I get that. We want to protect his privacy, but also I have a family who who's interested, but needs to know some more information. And like, there's barriers like that at every corner wow. and it's infuriating. Um, um, but it just is what it is. And yeah. so those are the things that we're constantly trying to get past. And then of course we, we, we run into the same thing with families, sort of what, what you alluded to, you know, opening your home to any kid is very frightening for most people. And then when you say things like, Hey, really the need is for teenagers, that's uh, even more scary because they imagine, you know, all the, all the difficulty that, that might come with. And the, the, the funny thing is, is that they're right. It, it is going to come with difficulty. Um, but we have to, we sort of just have to, the challenge is, is helping them understand that, yes, it is going to be difficult and there's challenges and it's, and it's soul crushingly hard at times, but it's still beautiful and worthy and right. And you can totally do it. And we're here with you by your side when you do. So those are kind of the big, big things that we deal with. And, and I know, um, you know, that's, that's basically what you're doing, right? You're, you're, you're combating those things, trying to make it easier process for people to get involved. Uh, be a part of the organization, but also in the communities they're involved in. I know you connect with churches, um, but let's go a little deeper. So how does Mark Reedland get in the way of making this happen? Man, this is, uh, I, have to, I don't know how vulnerable I need to be with you guys here. You know, it's funny, I've, I've, I've only been in this position just a little bit over a year now. I've worked around in this, in this arena for quite some time, but um, I had an opportunity to step into leadership at this organization. And uh, it, you know, when I, when I stepped in, I really imagined that I was going to be a way better leader than I actually am. And it doesn't take long when you're, when you're actually in charge for your weaknesses to get exposed. And so I have, there's a couple things that I think inhibit us 
that I'm working through. One is I'm, I'm a slow to change guy. I'm very like methodical and systematic and I like to measure things. And when someone comes in with a great idea, oftentimes I'm scared because I'm like, well, that might change the trajectory that we're on, or that might mess up this plan over here. And what if this happens? And, and I'm very analytical by nature. That's, that's the gift. That's one of the giftings that I have, which is ultimately helpful for the organization, but sometimes limiting because it's so slow. And so I'm working on this year at being uh, agile is sort of the word. I, like when there's a good idea, when there's an opportunity, I just want to jump on it instead of sort of being being paralyzed in my own analysis of the things that could go wrong or, or what's going on. And that's good. Um, so then what 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 are you doing um, even more so to stretch your team and grow in that that type of capacity? Well, there's a there's a whole host of things like we we want to spend a lot of time in collaboration with all of our partners so we've been spending time in meetings with um you know the state with cps and talk about we we actually in, in a very frightening move we invite them to take a look at all the things that we're doing and say hey what's good and what's bad what don't you like what's helping you and what's hurting you and some of the things they say just hurt and, and, it, and that always, of course, leads to change. And we've done the same thing with child placement agencies. Obviously, we, we have to partner with them quite a bit in our churches. And then even even just people that, that we work with, yeah, we, we invite feedback from them because um, it really is important. Even though I, I'm, I'm happy about my ideas, oftentimes they're not perfect. And so if someone from the outside can give us some wisdom about how well or not well those things are working, um, we're taking a look at that and then just making a decisive move on fixing and changing those things not getting stuck in analyzing it over and over again. That's good. Okay, and lastly, um, I, I, we, we've really done some studies on, on how to ask the right questions so our audience you know, can get a feel for problems and solutions. And uh, we really want this to be a place for obviously us to connect, but um, people to really get solutions. So I think this is a good one. What is it you need to stop or subtract in your life today so that you can grow? Well, there's some major things that we've looked at at the beginning of this year. Um, I, I sort of have this idea that everyone is, should be and is as passionate about this as me. And unfortunately, that's not how this works. Um, and I just imagine that if I just, if I just told everyone the problem, everyone would be like, oh, yeah, here's all of our money and our support and we're with you. But that does, that's really not how it works. And so last year, I think, uh, I think we spent a little more time than we should have pursuing relationships that really didn't show any signs that it, they'd be fruitful. And so we, one of what, one of the things that we do is we're, we're partnering with churches to help them advocate for the kids that are waiting to be adopted. And so there's churches that are sort of just lukewarm, wishy-washy, and they sort of give us some lip service. Oh yeah, we love what you do, but then they never really add any commitment to it. And so this year we just decided that uh, there's enough, there's enough churches in need to go around that I'm not going to waste time um, courting those relationships nearly as much. I'm just going to cast the vision, throw it out there and say, Hey, are you in great? If you're in, let's get to work. And if you're not great, I'm going to move on down the road and, and call the next church because I don't have time to play these games anymore. Call me when you're ready and then we'll, we'll get going. And so I think that's, that's helped us actually find some momentum. So instead of going to 10 meetings with one pastor, just to get them to take one step, you know, I'm just saying, hey, let me know when you're ready to move on this, and I'm moving on to the next church. And and as a result, we've we've added a lot of um, like people who are ready to commit and to serve these kids better. So that's one of the things uh, that we're we're working on eliminating pursuing relationships that aren't really fruitful. 
No, that's really good because some people spend so much time on something that they're excited about or an opportunity uh, or this right person. They feel like it's a really good fit, but they're not ready. And you're wasting a ton of energy uh, when there's already people out there ready and they're excited. I remember we went to lunch and you were telling me about an opportunity with another pastor and he's coming back now being like, how can I better serve and bring other people in and do what we need to do? And I'm like, man, those are the type of people you need. Like right there. <laughs> that's the only thing that's going to really keep this thing growing. Um, but that's really good, Mark. Um, anything else you want to share as far as what you do and, and, and how this connects? Man, uh, I, these, I keep these numbers right here by me. I think this is really, really important. So these numbers right here represent some things in our, in our county. So in Tarrant County, where we're located, and we serve more than Tarrant County, but this is sort of just home base. There's 202 kids waiting to be adopted. It means they have no family. There's no one there for them. They're, um, they're fast approaching um, a life where they've had no one fighting for them or helping them or no one on their side. They have no, they really are to, of no fault of their own set behind. And, uh, and of those, those 202, 55 this year, um, they're expecting to just age out. Wow. And um, I think it's really important to keep these things close to you so that you always remember what, what you're after and what you're pursuing and what you're working towards because that's, that's motivation for us here. I mean, that's good. I mean, that's a good lesson and a piece to any business to do. But also, I think it's good motivation to plug into what y'all are doing. So if y'all are interested to check out Hope Local, we'll put all their information in the show notes. Anything that you're watching from or listening from, that information will be right below available to you to reach out to Mark, connect to what they're doing, and donate. Be a part of what they're doing in the impact here in Tarrant County and Fort Worth and uh, surrounding cities. And they're, they're hoping to make an even bigger impact to why they're doing it locally in other areas. So, Mark, man, we could talk for hours, so I love you so much, but we're going to close this out, and we do it every time with a dance. So, are you ready? I'm ready, man. You ready <laughs> okay, for these moves? Here we go. It's time for the segment Maximizer. We sent our guest a list of growth items to pick from. Let's see what our guest picked this week to maximize on the show. All right, Mark, you chose to do the website grunt test. Why did you choose that? Um, I think I think uh, it's just really, really important way to to uh, know whether you're capturing your audience or not, whether effectively, um, and whether or not the stuff that you're putting out there is working. Um, for your business and i um what's great is even asking you this and this is something we've been walking through with you so i'm this is to me even more of like a teaching moment because i feel like we've done a lot of this already with you through hope locals so the grunt test is three questions we're asking what it is you do what you offer how it's going to make my life better and then what do i need to do to buy it and participate or be a part so let's just look at that. When you pull up a website, and we're just going to look at the header. And this is what the, this is what that grunt test is. Only look at the top. When people pull it up, they say that only, you only have five seconds to answer those questions, and that is mind-boggling to me. I'm like, can I even say those questions in five seconds? People don't give you much time. So let's look at it. Pull up the site. We see Hope Local. It doesn't explain what you do, but that's okay. Most logos don't explain what it is you do. And then we scroll to the right. Most people do a, a Z, and we say, okay, about us, church resources, involve with churches maybe, schedule a meeting, donate. Okay, I definitely know what you want me to do. Um, but we didn't come down, okay, helping vulnerable children find forever families. 
Awesome. That's a mission. That's something that makes sense as far as what it is that we're wanting to accomplish. Uh, we create frameworks and customized training for local faith-based organizations. Okay, what we've done here is we've already solidified the audience we're looking for as far as the, what we do and offer to. So it's like, cool, faith-based organizations who we're supporting. We create frameworks, customized deals to help those children find forever families. To me, that explains what it is we're doing, uh, why it helps me, because really that's a, it's more bringing me into a story and inviting me to be a part of something. And you can still see below it too, every child deserves to belong to a family they can call their own. And I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that statement. <laughs> If you just do. imagine if you read that and they're like, no, I'm not, I'm not I'm on board with this. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you don't have kids or care to have kids, you would agree with this statement. Um, and then you just want me to schedule a meeting. So it's good. Great. I think I know based off of this that if I'm a church organization or a faith-based organization or some nonprofit that's this way, that's what I need to do is schedule a meeting because that's how I'm going to start helping my community or my congregation be involved. Now, if I'm not that person, it's very easy to, and now organizations can also do this, but let's donate because we need to be a part. Um, so guys, donate. Y'all need to go to homelocal.com, donate, support Mark and their team. Um, but the grunt test, it's basically pulling up your website, asking yourself in a few seconds, can you answer the question, what it is you actually do? Because most people don't even say that. They're like, they're putting all sorts of things out there with some services and things that doesn't explain what you do how it can help them because people only care about themselves in that moment <laughs> and then what you want them to do to buy it right like because if you can say if you can answer those things then great then they might explore about us they might explore other things um and kind of get into that sphere so mark any thoughts or comments on that yeah i think i don't know if if, if there's many businesses that might have the same same issue the things that we were struggling with was you know, from a website perspective, are we more interested in our customers, which is really um, churches, or are we more interested in donors, which would be sort of just individuals that want to know about what we do? And I feel like what we've created here, like it, it speaks to both of those audiences. And that scheduled meeting button has worked great for us. We have, you know, several people, it was quite frequent where, where someone even who just came as a donor saw that they could schedule a meeting and, and connect us with people at their church. And it's worked really great for us. This is it's been a good balance between those two worlds. That's awesome. Well, that's great to hear too. Um, so yeah, reevaluate your website. Come back to this, watch it, ask yourself those questions, and let us know if it's something that we can help support you in maximizing something for your business, but we hope it does it right now. So Mark, thanks so much for allowing us to do this with your website. Thanks for having me, buddy. All right, the best podcasts are the one that give you something you can take away with today. So we want to give you more. So hopefully you already have something you can take away. We're going to give you more. One of the best things in your business as it relates to marketing is understanding who you're talking to. So we have a download. It's called the 20-minute messaging makeover. It has five different things you can work through. But we're going to talk about one today, knowing who your clients are, knowing who to talk to. It's very important to be able to create words to the people that matter. So we're going to talk about it real quick today. Jake, what do you think? What are some ways that we could figure that out um, you know, as we're working through our marketing and our messaging? Yeah, so one of the biggest problems we have as business owners or leaders or people trying to talk to people we want to do business with is we talk about so ourselves <laughs> a lot, a lot, lot. And so the first step you need to do is get the focus off yourself and talk about the people you want to talk to. But 
how do you do that? How, how do you find the people that are your avatar or your persona or yeah. your, your target market? Well, a lot of times we can make it too complex. Uh, we like to just go, who's, who are the favorite people? Who are our favorite customers? Right. Who, who are the, the, the clients that we just absolutely love crushing for uh, or spending time with or are doing things like that? And what's funny is I think we overthink it because, for example, for us, uh, we have a, a client named Juan who has a, a fantastic food truck catering business. Um, and do we just love his food, <laughs> his food? Alone. But, but, but he has these values around his employees right. and how he does business and who he cares about and the way he gives back. And like there's all these things we know we love about Juan and that makes it easy for us to go, let's go find another person more like Juan. And right. what does he need here? Right. But right. what is he dealing with? So James, what are your thoughts on Juan and his food? <laughs> First off, the food's incredible. <laughs> Man, it, it got me through COVID. I can tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> no, for real. They're incredible. And that's what we did. We actually took him as a starting point for some of our messaging. And when we redid our messaging, yep. it's like, this is the type of people we want to work mm -hmm. with. These are people we want to do business with. So let's start there and then start defining even more who people were working with that we love doing business with. Let's talk to them first, answer these questions, and then create a survey or create an interview to start getting people involved with that type of person and then knowing, oh, okay, these are what their problems are. Here's how they're, you know, that's that's how we write um, in our talking points. So it's important. You have to yeah. know who you're talking to and it's hard to do. So that's just one, that's just one, right? Of the five in this free resource, 20 minute marketing message makeover. So go check it out, download it and the free resources in the show notes you can go to quirkgrowth.com and i think i said 20 minute marketing message makeover it's actually 20 minute yeah. messaging makeover it's shorter easier to digest <laughs> so go download it and start making an impact on your messaging well that's it for this episode thank you for joining the clarity and purpose show wherever you are watching or listening make sure you subscribe to the channel or podcast so you don't miss more growth frameworks from cause-driven leaders we believe when a business leader aligns their team with their message, they become unstoppable.